Welcome to the Make Disciples podcast, a short weekly podcast where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as a disciple. Welcome to the Make Disciples podcast. I'm David McNeely, pastor here at Wildwood. And joining me today, rather than me joining you, is Dan Rober, community director and all things podcast guru here at Wildwood. This season, we're talking about uh, church history to help. How do we approach church history in a way that is actually helpful for us um, in today's day and age? And today, talking specifically about councils and conundrums. So, Dan, let me just set this up. One of the reasons I'm so excited we're talking about this topic in general is this. I heard this statement years ago. If I could remember who said it, I would give them credit. Just know it wasn't me. It's some theologian that said, if you are the first person to believe this, then you probably should run from that belief. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So when we talk about councils, what is a council and what's the benefit of it? Yeah, this is a great place to start for uh, a discussion in church history because councils are defining moments in the life of the church. It's not the only defining moment in the life of a church, but it is one of the primary ones. When we look at the history of Christianity, we see these moments that they are clarifying times in the life of the church because councils are gatherings of church leaders when they say we need to come together to discuss and frankly debate these controversial and disagreed upon issues within the church so that they can clarify what the church as a whole believes. Now, this goes all the way back to the early church, what Mm -hmm. we see going on in the book of Acts. We can see in Acts 15, church leaders were having disagreements and they said, we need to come together and talk about this. And so they came together in Jerusalem And for this one specifically, they were trying to determine what, if any, requirements should be placed on Gentiles who were following Jesus. The church started as an outgrowth of Judaism. And so it was a bunch of Jews that were following Jesus. But all of a sudden, they realized that there were Gentiles who were coming into the picture as well, saying, hey, this message is important for us as well. The church leaders were saying, does that mean they need to start doing all of these Jewish rituals or not? And that was a very disagreed upon discussion. And so they came together to try and figure that out and provide direction for the church moving forward. So throughout the entire history of Christianity, we see all sorts of these councils happening. We see smaller contexts where people are coming together in more localized groups to talk about issues of disagreement. But then you also have these larger, what we refer to as ecumenical councils, trying to bring together the church as a whole to say, we need clarity on this so that the church can move forward as one. In fact, there are seven councils that are celebrated by the church as a whole. And we can say even today, whether you are Protestant or Catholic or Orthodox, we'll look back to these seven councils and say, yeah, we agree on these things. And so it provides clarity and understanding of what we hold to as Christians. So one of the critiques that we get from the world, uh, many looking into the church um, all the time, is, man, you guys can't agree. Mm. So I think this is important for us to understand the concept even of why a council is needed. Because God, yes, he redeems us, he saves us, he teaches us, the Holy Spirit guides us, but he doesn't remove all of our humanity. That there are things that we're going to disagree on. Just briefly, if you can. Councils that are set up 
um, all throughout church history. How do they come to an agreement? Yeah. Well, it is a lot of debate. It's a lot of debate and a lot of discussion. And practically all the time, they will conclude with a statement uh, that says, this is what we have decided as a result about this. And at times it, it means going so far as to say, because we have this statement, this faction or this person is considered outside the bounds of Christianity. They believe something that would be considered heretical or not Christian anymore. There are times that we really have to do that. And that's today as well, where we have to say, if you hold to this, you can believe whatever you want, but that's no longer a Christian thing. And so you aren't holding to the foundational and fundamental truths of Christianity if you believe something like that. That's a reason why not just anyone could stand up in our church service and start talking. I mean, if a, a Buddhist, for example, showed up in a church service, we're going to have disagreements with them. Happy to talk with them, but they're going to hold particular views that we aren't going to agree with. These councils clarify that uh, and help us understand what we should actually be holding to. Yeah, so prayer, debate, discussion, they're ultimately coming back to the word, but we're not debating meaningless things in these councils. These councils are over the major issues that we're saying we've got to come to agreement on. That's fantastic. Why are these things really important? Yeah. Well, like we said, they're establishing uh, Christian truth and misconfusion and, frankly, heresy. Can we be honest here and recognize that sometimes Christianity is really hard to understand? I mean, it grew out of Judaism. And so Judaism holds this idea that there is one God, a distinctive tradition. But, you know, one God created the world. We're good. You know, it, we, we get that. But then Jesus shows up and he says, I and the Father are one. There's one God, but then Jesus is there. And by the way, Jesus also says, yeah, there's going to be someone who comes after me and he's God too. He's going to live inside of you. And so there's one God, but then we're talking about God and then Jesus, who is also God and this Holy Spirit, who is also God. And people are saying, what? And by the way, Jesus said, I am the father of one, which means I'm God. So, but aren't you human? Yeah. And so we're dealing with issues. How can we understand both the humanity and the deity of Jesus? How can we understand this concept of the Trinity? How does this salvation thing even work? And probably one of the biggest issues that they dealt with is who gets to decide? I mean, ecclesiastical authority is a really big term, but we're essentially saying who's going to make these decisions? Who gets to determine all of this kind of stuff? So the goal here was, like we said, to formulate statements of belief that are celebrated by the church, and they're known as creeds. We're going to spend a lot more time talking about these, by the way, in a future episode, so okay. we won't spend time talking about this. But in short, these councils are so important because they provide this clear foundation of belief for the Christian church as a whole. So understand the examples that you gave were, were great. What should we believe about the person of Jesus? What should we believe about the Holy Spirit? Is Jesus fully God, but not man? Is he fully man, but not God? Is he fully both? All those things are great, but those things have been determined. Do we still have a need for councils today? Well, there are issues that come up, and it's important to note that the councils guide our understanding of what is foundationally important and those issues that may be of lesser importance, still important to discuss and debate, but may be of lesser importance. I mean, the council that we focused on today in our short discussion here are from the opening centuries of the church, the first seven ecumenical councils. 
and these lay the uh, the groundwork for Christianity. If you move away from this, it is commonly understood that you are moving outside the bounds of Christianity. We're still going to have disagreements, though. And so we still need to get together to have discussions about it. But we're at a much more divided time. And so bringing all of Christianity together to actually have these debates can't happen. I, there are still some discussions that go on. The most recent Catholic ecumenical council within Catholicism would have been Vatican II. It happened 1962 to 1965. Their desire was to modernize some church teaching. That's why when you go to a Catholic church today, it's in English now, in, at least in the United States, <laughs> and not in Latin. As recently as the 1960s, they were still using Latin for most services. Um, so they do some of those things. But there's another way that they live on, and we're very happy and thankful for this. Christians are still getting together and trying to determine how to approach things. In our own denomination, and you attend these meetings, the PCA gets together in what's known as a general assembly, and they have uh, discussions about issues, and they form study groups, and they release papers that say this is what the PCA as a whole is going to hold to. The closest thing that we've seen to a more uh, trans-denominational thing are things that don't hold as much power as they once did and yet are really helpful. I'm thinking about two in particular. One would be the Chicago Statement on Biblical Inerrancy. So in 1978, a number of church leaders, some 200 church leaders came together and said, in a world that was leaning away from the authority and the inerrancy of Scripture, we want to say the Bible is God's word and it's inerrant and it's reliable for us. And so that's a great statement that's been incredibly useful. Another statement that uh, came out recently in 2009 was the Manhattan Declaration. This mm -hmm. is something that uh, Chuck Colson and others were working on and provided proclamations on things like the sanctity of life and traditional marriage and religious liberty, a very helpful statement that resonates with a lot of people in our uh, theological area of the pool, if you will. Um, so we uh, find a lot of uh, help for that. But they don't have the weight or universal agreement of other statements. What I really like about them, though, is it is Christians coming together to say, when there are disagreements, let's talk about it and understand what we as a church believe. And that's what we're doing right now in our preaching series. Yeah. We're walking through the Apostles' Creed. What are the major doctrines that we have all got to be in agreement on? I'm very excited about the next uh, few uh, podcasts coming up. The next one we're going to be talking specifically about how do we even get the Bible? If the Bible is what is going to bring agreement, then how did we even come to this conclusion that this constitutes the Bible? A bunch of letters written over a long period of time, yeah. multiple continents. So I'm excited about that, uh, that one to come up. So. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we look forward to next week talking about uh, councils as it pertains to canonization. Thanks for joining us for the Make Disciples podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word. This podcast can be found in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This podcast is a ministry of Wildwood Church in Tallahassee, Florida. Please join us again for our next episode of Make Disciples.